0: Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.
1: It's Bigfoot Club with Bryce, Michael, story of high strangeness or two? Let's do this.
0: Hey
2: everyone and welcome to Bigfoot Collectors Club, the show where we talk to amazing guests about their personal paranormal history and share stories of high strangeness. I'm your host Michael McMillan. With me tonight and only with me tonight is your other host. Bryce Johnson. Super producer Riley Bray is off in the rock and roll cosmos right now. He's on <laughs> tour with uh, Tommy. I think they're they might be done by the time you guys hear this. But mm. if you live on the West Coast, go to uh, at the name Tommy on Instagram and just make sure that they aren't playing somewhere near you right now because you do not want to miss that show. Uh, it's it's fantastic. Tommy's yeah. Pam from Tomy's rad. Riley's rad. Band's rad. You gotta go. Agreed. Uh, He's just nodding and saying, "Are you okay? Great. <laughs>
3: I'm glad we agree on that." <laughs> oh my god. Hi, yeah, Bryce. I how can't are say. you? I'm great, man. I can't say enough cool things about that Tommy man. Uh, going with you guys down there last the the, the time at the uh, was it Whiskey a Go Go on Sunset? Did I? No, we were down. Well, no, it was no, we were down at the Troubadour. The Troubadour. Okay, great. They I hadn't been out like that in a long time. They were so fantastic. I I just I did... I'm gonna try and describe their sound. It was like this sort of I described it like like a Cheryl Crow but with a punkier vibe and 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 like everything was so like. Catchy and and such a rad sound coming out of those three. I loved it. Great. (laughs) Great.
2: All right. Well, I want to get to our guest because we have such an amazing guest. Our Club Scouts are going to be so excited. If they don't know this guy already, they're going to be very, very excited to know him now. Uh, But real quick, why don't we check in with the Club Scouts who have been following the show on their favorite podcast app and dropping us five-star reviews on amazon this month remember riley asked us to get some amazon reviews
3: bryce who is our five-star club scout of the week yeah well this comes from amy l who gives it five out of five stars cracks me up this podcast is fantastic i look forward to it each week and i'm a patreon supporter doing my part to help keep these three hilarious guys on the air The episodes are engaging, the guests are interesting, and often super funny. I love Riley's music, too. It's perfect for when I'm working in my studio and need to focus. I recommend the BCC highly. Uh, Thanks, Amy. Appreciate the heck out of it. Thank you, Amy.
2: We we love you. Yeah. Uh, And hey, you're our only five-star Amazon review, so the rest of you Club Scouts get over there to Amazon (laughs) Music and drop us a review, why don't (sighs) you? Nice. Excellent. Otherwise, we're just going to be re- reading the same one all all month long. Well, Michael will do it too. I've seen him do it. Yep. All right. Well, let's get to it. Our guest this week is an actor and host of the podcast. Hi, Strangeness Club Scouts of all timelines. Please welcome Steve Berg to Woo! the program. Hi, Whoa! Steve.
1: Hi, friends. How you doing? Thanks for we're having good. me. Very happy to be here. Oh, and you man, know what? We are you.
2: friends because. Steve whether you like it or not after tonight you will be my friend because oh. I've been listening to high strangeness <gasps> and I've developed a parasocial relationship with you and <laughs> Paras- now <laughs> yes. we're now we're buddies you're going to have to accept like it like it or not oh
1: accepted accepted you know gladly uh I have been listening to y'all's show for a long time, so, I mean, it is weird when you listen to other people's podcasts and then you meet them, you're like, but I already know you. I guess I don't, but you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, I've taken you, you guys on many walks and, you know, working in my garden, so... uh Oh, that's I amazing! Thank you. Oh so, wow, it, I
2: love I love that we've been in your garden. Now yes. you you are in the Midwest, correct?
1: I am. I lived in L.A. for twenty years, and during the pandemic, uh, I kind of freaked out because my parents were here by themselves, and uh, they're older; they're like eighty. So I was like, "Dude, I should just buy a house in Omaha because they're basically free," and, uh, <laughs> and move back here. <laughs> and so I just kind of go back and forth between Omaha and L.A. It's great. I love it, yeah.
2: and you're you're in good. Big Sky Country. I grew up in Kansas, just south of you oh, by a few hours. Where in Kansas? Uh, Olathe, Kansas. So just I, in the s- suburbs of near Overland Park outside have, of Kansas City.
1: I have many friends that went there. I went to the University of Kansas. I'm a Jayhawk.
2: Oh, my God. I knew we were going to like each other. Bryce, you can yeah. just
3: sign out if you
2: want to.
1: Come back hey, I'm for close. High streams I'm close, too. I got some
3: family out there in Sioux City, which is really close to Omaha. When I go back there, you fly into sure, Omaha. Sure, that's so. really close. Yeah, that's there, true. You know,
1: what am I there's a great UFO case from the 1800s from Sioux City. Oh, well, it's here. Would yeah. you remember off the top I, of your head? Do you know it's I, it's uh, now I can't remember the guy's name, but uh, anyways, it was a farmer. He was on his field mm-hmm. and he sees this like kind of like flying airship above him, and they shoot the, the airship shoots down a like rope with a hook. Yeah, uh, oh hooks, yes, hooks. You know that one? He hooks yes. it by the trousers. <laughs> yes, yeah. didn't it get I, stuck I in a church or
3: something it. like that? They say like part of like the. Uh, I, I think did a part of the at the end of the rope there did might the have been that? like an anchor or something, and didn't it get like lodged yes. into stuff? Such a crazy story, uh,
1: buddy! I it is, and I'm trying to locate that damn anchor. And if I find it, I'll, I'll fly you guys out for an expedition. That's
3: wild!
2: I got to tell everyone yeah. listening. So Steve's the real, he's the real, real deal. Uh, you are clearly having listened to now five, six episodes of the show. I'm getting caught up. You are um, clearly well versed. In High Strangeness, you have uh, I know from your show that you've been into this for a very long time. Mm-hmm. So let's get in right to it. Let's jump right in. Yeah. Steve, what is your personal paranormal history? How did you get into this stuff? And have you ever had a uh, an experience that you can't explain?
1: Um. Okay, well, gosh, great questions. Uh. So I kind of got into it like, really young. My mom was a school teacher, so she took me to get a library card. And I came back with, like, a Billy Meyer picture book of, like, hoax UFO photos. But, <laughs> but the, the Billy Meyer stuff, it's really beautiful, yeah, yeah, you know? Great. It's like these sunsets and the Swiss. Uh, they're gorgeous looking. Tell like. everyone, we've
2: not done an episode yet on Billy Meyer. What? I can't believe it. That's it's wild. been six years and we still haven't. But, yeah. but let, let everyone at home know about Billy Meyer.
1: Well, he, so he was this, uh, you know, contactee, allegedly. I think that, like, he started putting out his photos and his stories in the late 60s, but... He would. He had these magnificent photos of these, like you know, metal h- hunks of metal flying saucer, ca- classic like 50s style. The flying saucers that we all love. You know what Ooh. I'm talking about? Yeah, and, we and, call and, them
2: classic saucers yeah. or CS. A is real song. CS. Thank you.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm old school. Give me a saucer. I'm a saucer guy. Uh, but he said so he was having all these experiences and like you know, full on contactee experiences. I remember there was a book that he had where he shows a. a You see half of the UFO occupant in, like, a horrible, cheesy costume holding, like, a ray gun. I mean, Mm, like, so, you know, obviously I think people caught on pretty quick that this guy was uh, taking people for a ride. You know what I'm saying? But uh, I still had this affinity. Like, because sometimes I look at hoaxers as, as, like, performance art, (laughs) I I can kind of admire them. So, long story short, I checked out that book. Anyway, and then it was just kind of from there and out, through my childhood, I was – you know, and probably like a lot of you guys. You know, like check reading every ghost book you found in your grade school or bigfoot book or UFO book, and it just never stopped. I just kept on going and going. And by the time I was like in middle school, I was going to UFO conferences by myself. And <laughs> oh man, I love it. <laughs> you know, I was like really like That's you know, a short sure hardcore sign. about it. Like there, I, at the time, yeah, I was a, uh, you know total weirdo man. But I led like a secret life. I was like a jock. So playing football, like, yeah, guys, run right up, let's go to the buffet, blah, 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 drink beer. And then I would sneak off to a UFO conference on Saturday morning, like in shame, you know? Like how it old was my secret. How old were you uh when you joined Mufon? Uh, well, I tried to when I was like in high school, but then they gave me a bunch of flack. I was—they're like, "Why do you want to join MUFON?" I was like, "Well, I just want to be an investigator dog, you know, like right. hook me up with some kind of like Geiger counter and send me off. I'm ready, you know." Right? And, uh, yeah, like why do some you care, MUFON? Like, Omaha. don't you need
3: members? Like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Honestly,
1: I was kind of like, "Suck it, dude." So, like, you know, they. Uh, <laughs> They, they kind of gave me some flack, I think, about being a teenager or whatever, and I was like, I'm out later, and I I don't need you guys. But you know, then like college comes around, and you start, you know, worrying about girls and partying and going to like Guided by Voices concerts, and so you forget about UFOs. Down at the uh, bottleneck, dude. Yes, I literally saw Guided by Voices at the bottleneck. Of course you did. Oh man, that's great. Master it's the best. (laughs) The best. Totally is. and but yeah, then I, you know, moved to LA. And when I came to LA, I got really excited because in California they have everything. There's so many conferences. I would we go to this church in Studio City for these like monthly UPARS meetings where they'd have like, you know, Nick Redfern and like, you know, what? Ron Moorhead come and speak. And I was like, There would be like forty Yeah, it was at a, a Methodist church like off Moore Park. I wasn't City. on
2: this email list, otherwise I would have been there.
1: Right, but I would go all scene. the time, man. I would, you know. Truth be told, I was just like getting baked in my car and just like rolling in there, <laughs> stinking like a skunk and loving life. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's great. <laughs> how was
2: uh, How was Nick Redfern? Like, I, we have not had him on the show. I'd love to get him on the show, but there's there's a little fear with some of these people where you're like. I'm a little afraid of
1: me. I don't want them to destroy the illusion. I know. He was so nice. Like, really nice. I even got like a picture with him because, like, those people, even though, like, you know, you work in LA and like the film and TV business and stuff, and you are like, even if you live in LA, you're around a lot of celebrities no matter what. But after a while, that sort of wears off. But like, paranormal, ufological, like, I guess personalities like really get me starstruck <laughs> <So> <laughs> yeah. I was, like, around Nick Redford. I was like, Oh God, I uh. was like, you know, a
2: little Beatles girl,
1: you know, like it was amazing.
2: The most excited I ever went was, was when I saw uh Grant Morrison talk at meltdown back bef- when meltdown Whoa. still existed. And oh. I was like the most starstruck I've ever been in my entire life.
1: Grant Morrison's awesome, dude. I would be too.
2: Yeah. They're the best. They're, oh the coolest um so have you had any experience that you can't explain or have you been on the search of one of those
1: uh no I sadly I have not and I have been one of those you know I was one of those kids one of those adults even now I'm always trying to put myself in a position to find like there I've been researching a lot of like weirdly there's a lot of kind of Bigfoot action in eastern Nebraska and, really uh yeah and like going back like a long ways in like newspapers. Mm-hmm. I found like cases from, you know, the late, you know, or late 1800s, which is mm. like wild. Um, but I will go out to these places just to try to feel the vibe of <laughs> what was happening. And so I'm always kind of like putting myself in positions I feel to go to hot spots and try to experience stuff. And I'm not maybe that sincere about it. I'm not like taking Geiger counters or doing rituals or anything, but mm-hmm. you know, but yeah, you're I love to yourself visit out places. there. Trying to man, you know, like, as much as I possibly can, you know, because it would be really cool to experience something. Yet, Mm. I don't need to just still be interested in this stuff.
2: When you when you go out to these destinations to check them out, like what, you're not bringing in equipment, it sounds like, but what are you doing once you get out there?
1: Usually, I'm uh, really well. First off, I plan a very great lunch, so that's very important. Maybe some (laughs) couscous and some like little little pecans. So so it's like it's a picnic, yeah, Yeah, right? (laughs) It's it's a picnic, man. (laughs) (laughs) uh, Some LaCroix out there, maybe a little potato salad, you know. A nice, you know, pretty soon they're gonna be like,
2: Have you seen the Picnic Man of East (laughs) Omaha? Every now and then you'll catch him out there. And he calls out, he's
3: like, I'm I'm ready for company. Like, you know. Yeah.
1: I've got lunch for two. I've got lunch for two over here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But what do I do? I just, honestly, what I do is I take like my GoPro out there and I kind of summarize like what happened or the account. And I, I, my big plan was to take a bunch of these videos and then like edit them and release them. But like, I can't edit very well Fair enough. so i'm actually having someone do it for me because i've taken so much footage especially because like you know it's been like a weird three years with the pandemic and then Mm -hmm. these like back-to-back strikes like it's been work has been funky man so yeah
3: you know know, for a lot of our listeners who might not have heard your podcast i only heard it for the first time today and you had uh the guest joshua cutchen on uh, who wrote Where the oh, yeah. Footprint Ends, and we talk about him a lot. But, oh, my gosh, listening to We've you had guys... We've him on the show. Yeah, listening to you guys uh, talk back and forth and parlay these uh, these high strangeness theories, and you guys were both so on top of it and and pointy and in-depth into all this stuff. So so when you're going out to these oh. places, you're probably looking at it from a, a, a fresh perspective uh, as well as just sort of telling the facts of what happened. But, but coming at it from this angle of like, you know, i I heard you guys are so open to all these ideas that somehow this phenomenon mm-hmm. connects, especially back to old fairy lore and and it could be happening yes. today and 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 uh, yes, can you talk a little bit about sort of you know that the perspective you bring to these places you visit?
1: Yeah. well, thanks for noticing that because I you know that you're you kind of nailed how i uh, feel or what excites me about these fordian topics mm. because I. I do see so many patterns and motifs that have repeated itself throughout history. And then just even within the phenomenon, you know, like of of paranormal and cryptozoology and ufology. I mean, if you, you take like lights, for example, like orbs of light are seen in conjunction with all weird stuff. Right. If it's inside of a house, well, it's a ghost. If it's in the air, it's a UFO. If you see an orange orb, when people see have a Bigfoot sighting, Right. It's astral yeah, it's like a Bigfoot. Weird, it's a know, pla- symptom of Bigfoot. It's a right, plasma
2: right. tummy ball. <laughs> yeah.
1: So, I mean, like, I think I I think th- there's so many of these things that are, like, you know, even, like, with UFOs and Bigfoot, I think Josh and I probably talked about this, but, like, you know, Bigfoot is always seen crossing the road. Mm. Or, like, you know, like, almost getting hit by a car. There's always these, like, apparitions by the road. There are so many cases, especially in the 50s, 60s, and 70s, and 80s. And UFOs, they're in the middle of roads. Yeah. So there's these kind of ancient motifs of like you know means of travel. Like I feel like the idea of liminality, kind of being <sighs> between spaces, and like you know a lot of this stuff is the stuff that really turns me on. So when I go out to a, a place where Bigfoot was supposedly seen, I'm always looking for is a by a tributary, not just because of deer, water, and wildlife stuff, but more how does it relate to a greater phenomenon you Mm -hmm. know because i do feel like ufos like where where bigfoot is mostly seen in eastern nebraska it just so happens that is where all the most of the other weird stuff is Mm. ufo cases structured crests, lights over the missouri river wild black panthers being seen in the late 1800s i mean like flying wing humanoids, all oh kinds God. of really wild stuff. Steve, I feel
3: a little embarrassed so, being, you know, a sort of from that area. Can you tell us like sort of this, uh, what the location topographically is, it looks like for uh, for, for sure. Bigfoot in, in what part of uh, Nebraska? You said Eastern? Well, are these it's, like you forested know, areas? Been,
1: they are. So like from yeah. the tippy top of Nebraska on the Eastern side, all the way down to the south runs the Missouri River, which mm. is one of the bigger rivers in America. And actually, Nebraska has, I think, the set aside from Alaska. I think next to Texas, the most miles of rivers going through it. Oh, wow! So you know, so in all, all over these rivers, people like the Republican River, people talk about Bigfoot. Mm. The Platte River, people talk about Bigfoot. But a lot of the cases I'm looking at are from the Missouri River on eastern Nebraska. Gotcha. And the, like you like you said, it is pretty forested. Now, in Nebraska, you know, it is definitely like cornfields and farmland for a great swath of it. But it does have some diversity on its coastal lines and stuff like that. So, you know, it, I mean, even today, there's, you know, on the uh, Omaha Indian Reservation and the Winnebago Reservation, which is kind of like in the northern part of the eastern Nebraska – They supposedly have interactions with Bigfoot all the time. Wow! Like I think Jeffrey Meldrum went out there, and some other people have been out there. But like they supposedly have, and not only Bigfoot, but a lot of weird stuff.
3: Right, (laughs) right. I love those uh, those Bigfoot habituation cases where they're always the people are like, "Oh, I see him every day. Oh, he's always out in my backyard every day." And then and then a researcher will come and like, "I don't know. He was here yesterday. Uh, I think you might have scared him
1: off." And then and the person's like, "Damn, oh." Well, I mean, you've talked to a lot of witnesses, I'm guessing, right, Bryce? I mean, quite a, quite a few at this point. Yeah, yeah, they're starting to, to pile up, yeah. Yeah, I mean, do the, do you ever hear some of these weirder aspects, you know, like that are associated sometimes with, with Bigfoot? Uh, you know,
3: on occasion, uh, people will talk about, like, how, how track ends or, uh, you know, sort of that, that, that quietness that... Uh, that sort of uh, takes over a space before an encounter happens. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, there, mm-hmm. there, there are these sort of strange clues and, uh, and, and motifs, as you would say, that do sort of show up in, in right. these Bigfoot encounters with a lot of these witnesses. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's interesting. Ooh, it's so interesting. Cool.
3: What are some of these uh, favorite
2: places that you've found that you, is there, is there a spot that you've gone back to more than once? Cause you feel like something's going on here.
1: Uh, I do, well, I'm actually, you know, I, I had, it's funny. It's, I feel funny saying this cause I'm such don't, a like, don't professional Don't do it. This <laughs> is when we get good stuff. <laughs> you know, I, I'm really just a professional clown, but I, I kind of like sought out this guy who is a bow hunter in yes. Eastern Nebraska and he had been bow, he's like, you know, third generation bow hunter and he had a very dramatic like encounter with like a, you know, very dark colored Bigfoot creature. Hmm. And it, like really messed him up and he stopped bow hunting for a while. And then I got I finally got a hold of him and he got back to me. And I, you know, I said, Hey, you know, uh, I would love to talk to you more about the story, or maybe like, you know, go out there with you or whatever. And he was like, totally cool, man. And then he like called me back the next day. He's like, You're trying to trick me. You're trying, you're a comedian. He like looked me up on Google, saw oh. it was like in drunk history and shit. So he right. was like, thought I was like trying to like punk him or something. <laughs> so then I had to convince him I was like legit. Anyways, he takes me out there, and this guy, first up, is not trying to get famous. He's not, like, posting on Facebook or anything. Clearly. But he took me out to the place where he has had these – he's been whooped at, he said, after he saw this creature, been bluff-charged, he said. But he took me out to this area, and there were, like (laughs) – I mean, I feel weird saying it. These pretty dramatic stick structures. Mm. Okay. Like, giant logs. I mean, like – So much so to where he would have had to do so much work and have buddies help him with like ropes and pulleys to just do this for me alone. Right, right. So, you know, what do you do with all this stuff? You know, I kind of feel like I believe that he believes what he's telling me. For sure, you know I I, I don't think and he had two guns on him. When I'm not like a big gun guy, I was like, "Oh God, what's happening? What am I doing? He's, this guy's a stranger. I'm in a cornfield." <laughs> <laughs> and it doesn't sound like he likes comedians. No, he does. I was really questioning my life decisions at that point. But you know, it was interesting. And I, so I, I I follow up with him probably every three months. And you know, I'm like, "Hey, man, anything when you've been out hunting?" He's like, "Yeah, I got bluff charged, dude." I'm like, "Whoa, okay, wow." I, I feel like these t-
2: tree structures don't necessarily always translate to the screen. Uh, I I love big uh, I love Expedition Bigfoot, and I always love it when you guys come across those on the show, Bryce. Hey, but I, for for two, I'm talking to two guys that have seen these before. What makes them so impressive, Steve? What about
1: the ones in Nebraska? I'll tell you what it. it, it just looking at it, I, I re- quickly realized this was something that if I wanted to – granted, I'm not an engineer. I don't have a lot of, like, technical ingenuity. But I'm a pretty big dude. I'm, like, 6'4", you know, 260. Like, And while I'm not, like, a bodybuilder, like, I, I, I look at these structures. I'm, like, there's no way I could do this by myself. And then I think to myself, like, if I had another a strong buddy with me, could we do it? I'm, like, maybe – but I kind of doubt it, you know? <laughs> like, And also, the time it would have taken to do this. Because mm. a lot of these pictures, there there would be like 100 sticks made that looked like almost like a little like lean-to. Mm-hmm. Granted, and I, ta- I actually talked to the farmer who owns this land. He owns thousands of acres, right? And he said, one, he's never seen a Bigfoot on his property. But he also said, that area where you guys were, I've never been there. I own a thousand acres. There's a lot of p- parts of my property I never see or have wow. never seen. Like you can't walk all that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, but w- another thing he did say he's like, well, I never saw Bigfoot, but I have seen the purple lights. And I'm like, what do you mean Ooh. purple lights, my man? My man. And he goes, <laughs> well, you know, I'm a th- my you know grandfather owned this land, then my dad did, now I have it, and they all told me about the purple lights, and I see them too. I'm like, well, what do you? I'm you know, oh, interesting. So I thought that was interesting. Purple Again, lights in the. Light, sky from the woods where they said they would well he actually just kind of pointed when he said they kind of floated over like a hill there was like a Mm. hill part where we were staying it's like they would just kind of float behind the hill and float over the hill and then go away it seems like like, such a
3: like a a, a local phenomenon right like the purple lights of that certain area like a like yeah you're right so wild
1: it is wild and like that and that's the thing like that part of missouri river which is you know if you go like 15 miles east that's right where the missouri river is Mm. And that's kind of the area where people have been seeing lights, seeing wild men, and you know, all kinds of crazy weird stuff. I or-
2: I love this, Steve, because you're kind of becoming a budding Tenny in Nebraska. How ten- John John Tenny's always looking at Michigan folklore and Michigan stuff going on there. Yeah, like, have you found any history of purple lights in
1: that area? Only other people, there, so there's this um, researcher. He's kind of quasi famous in the UFO world. I would say his name is Ray Boche, mm-hmm. and Nick Redfern wrote a book called Final Events, and Ray is kind of the protagonist of that. But also the whole, I don't know if you ever heard of the Bentwaters case in England, the UFO case where the military saw this craft land. Who knows if it's real or not? anyway okay. He kind of broke that story. Long story short, Bentwater case. Ray I'm has been back. Ray has been the probably the biggest. Com, you know like collector of nebraska high strangeness stories going back to like the 60s and so he lived in that area and so he's been kind of like in a weird way like a guy who hit me to a lot of the stuff i i wasn't fighting on the internet he's like look here and they would send me all these old newspaper clips so like, oh wow <laughs> love that. that's crazy i did not did not get that on google so it's one of those things too where kind of like i've realized how limiting the internet is in terms of doing research.
3: Yeah. He gives yeah, he gives you he like an it. old it's floppy like, disk uh, that think... you can't use. He's like, here you go, kid.
1: I, I, <laughs> what, what, what am I gonna do with go. this? <laughs>
2: <laughs> well that's 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 totally. also like Think about all of, I mean, microfiche is one thing, but like, think about all the data that's stored on like oh. VHS tapes or floppy disks, yep. Bryce. I mean, you joke, like, think of it as, there could be evidence out there oh, archivally so much speaking that oh we can't so access anymore because we have no way
1: to to get to it. Yeah, and no one cares to upload the stuff. So I think, <laughs> I feel like people think, like, if you, ha- if you have a subscription to newspapers.com, which I do, which is a great resource to... Look into stuff. It's just it, they don't have everything, you know what I'm saying? And like the best resources I've found, at least in Nebraska and Iowa, where I kind of peek around too, is calling historical societies of small towns mm-hmm. and librarians. Yeah, I, I have so many librarians like work, kind of working with me, and yes. every once in a while they email like, "Oh, I found this," you know, like you know, crop circle case from 1987, and I'm like, "Whoa, nice!" Yeah, know?
3: I yeah. love this. So That's much. the way to do
2: it. How? How close are you to getting a trench coat and maybe start dressing in like nineteen sixties suits when you go out, brother? It is.
1: I am dangerously close. Like <laughs> you know, like honestly, like you know, if I if if I could do anything in the entire world, it would just it would just be to wake up every morning and like go do boots on the ground research. I think and, you're on your way, honestly? Oh, Man, it's just it doesn't pay. No, it doesn't. <laughs> but you're on your way there. You'll I know. I'm on the way to poverty, bro. <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: so I know we got to We got to move on here. And this, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm asking a deadly question, but just Please. cause I'm curious because you're, it. you're a man of imagination and you're a man who's passionate mm. about the subject. Mm. If you had to give sort of a two minute pitch on what you think is the phenomenon, what would it, what would it be?
1: the phenomenon of bigfoot the or
2: everything bigfoot ufo's ghosts how it's all, like what is what's happening out there at least in your mind at this point in time maybe today you're like i, I don't know but you right. know if you could give your elevator pitch of like what's really going on out there what do you think it is
1: <laughs> oh my god this is going to get into some dorm room bong hit territory but Let's here do we it. go uh, <laughs> i sort of see this stuff you know kind of as co-created by us And, and, and like, that doesn't necessarily mean I don't believe in, like, the nuts and bolts possibility of UFOs and Bigfoot. I'm not discounting that at all. But I think there is something uh, that requires our co-creation with a lot of this stuff. And I think maybe it may not even be, like, another intelligence how we think of, like, uh, you know, non-human intelligence. But it may be a piece of technology that is running in concert with the earth. And it just projects different things where we are evolutionary. You know, if if it's, you know, the 1600s in Ireland, well, it's going to be fairies. And, you know, if it's, you know, in the Ho Chi Minh dynasty era, well, it's going to be flying shields in the sky. Mm -hmm. And if it's in the 20th century in the 1940s, when we're, you know, thinking about going to space, it's going to be aliens from, you know, another planet. And now it's interesting because a lot of this stuff is – it's kind of all over the place. Well, they're interdimensional. But what does that even mean? You know, are there even – we don't even know if there's other dimensions. That's a theory. So, like, Mm -hmm. the thing is, like, I think it's the greatest mystery in the world. And I think part of the phenomenon is teaching us and showing us stuff from maybe mythology and folklore yeah, I think there's a real reality to it. And w- the way I'm describing it is terrible because it sounds like.
2: No, this no, all. It's not. I mean, no. this echoes a lot of stuff that we've also talked about here, yeah. too. So, no, no, no. I'm getting
1: can. in some Carl Jungian type of, you know, kind of areas. But You're that in the is sweet kind spot, of how man. how I feel about it. No, I think yeah. like it's sort of a. Yeah, I think it's kind of an amalgamation of our collective unconscious that is physical and non-physical at the same time yeah (laughs) Yeah. i like it makes no sense i I like you
2: said on a recent episode that it and it may have been the one with uh cutchen about you know this seems to be an instrument to keep us thinking and evolving and imagining what the possibilities are out there and keep questioning reality and that's something that we've definitely
3: talked about on the show Mm -hmm. well i also loved how you said the paranormal, just, you know, being involved in the paranormal and, and looking into this stuff has has a way of enchanting your life, and infusing magic into one's life. And I and I just love that idea because life can feel so dull. But when you accept the mystery that some of these things are offering to us, it does add this enchantment to your life. It can feel magical at moments when it can otherwise not, you know. I love that. Yeah,
1: I, 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 t- I totally agree. Thank you, man. And I, I do feel strongly that way because... I recently uh, heard a friend of mine named Ren Collier recently was just saying in a piece he wrote that the future is whack, man. Like, or like, you know, the, the world is so crazy that uh, if you don't program your own life, they're going to program, someone's going to program one for you. And that kind of scared me when I read it. And I want to live like a pretty positive life and be like good to my friends and family. But I also want to chase mystery because chasing mystery is how you end up becoming a better reader, a better researcher, a better person. You kind of get out of your comfort zone. Like, even though I live in Omaha, Nebraska, it's still like a city. You know, there's like a million people here. But if I didn't like this stuff, I wouldn't go out to like rural small towns. And when you go out to rural small towns, like, you know, being a city boy my whole life, you really see another side of human beings, you know, and like, and like even though we have a lot of, I mean, I, I don't know, I'm saying really hippy-dippy here, but no, like, I do think, enchanting your life is a way to have an adventurous life and to chase mystery and i think what could be a more positive thing to do (laughs) i think that's beautiful
2: that's a great moment to take a quick pause and we'll be right back with more steve berg word up and more enchantment yes (laughs) let's talk about cold turkey oh boy It may be great on sandwiches, but there's a better way to break your bad habits. We're not talking about going to see Uri Geller and get your mind bent like some cheap spoon. No, we're talking about our sponsor Fume, and they look at the problem in a different way. Not everything in a bad habit is wrong, okay? Can we finally admit that? So instead of drastic, uncomfortable changes, why not just remove the bad part from your bad habit? Fume is an innovative award-winning flavored air device that does just that. Instead of vapor, fume uses flavored air. Instead of electronics, fume is completely natural. And instead of harmful chemicals, fume uses mm, delicious flavors. You get it, you get it. Instead of bad, fume is good. It's a habit you're free to enjoy and makes replacing your bad habit easy. Your fume comes with an adjustable airflow dial and is designed with movable parts and magnets for fidgeting, giving your fingers a lot to do, which is helpful for de-stressing and anxiety while breaking your habit. I'm gonna let you guys in on a little secret. Your, your boy, Michael, he used to be a bad boy. He had some bad habits, and boy oh boy, I wish that fume had been around during my bad habit era. The taste is delicious. It's more flavorful than you might think. It's very fresh. Uh, It reminds me of a nice chamomile tea. The feel of the device is it's well weighted. It's perfectly balanced. It's very fun to fidget with. If you got a finger fixation or an oral fixation, The Fume-flavored air device is the way to go. You feel cool using it. Stopping is something we all put off because it's hard, but switching to Fume is easy, enjoyable, and even fun. Fume has served over 150,000 customers and has thousands of success stories, and there's no reason that cannot be you join fume in accelerating humanity's breakup from destructive habits by picking up the journey pack today head to tryfume.com and use code bcc to save 10% off when you get the journey pack today that's tryfume.com and use code bcc to save an additional 10% off your order today Okay, Steve, you're not getting out of here without playing a game that we play with all of our all of our guests. I'm going to go down a list of phenomena, cool. and if you're open to it, you're going to say believe it. If you're not open to it, you're going to say bullshit. You got to pick one way or another. Love it. Don't have to commit to it for life. Now, this is- when you say
1: believe it, that's like, I think it's completely 100% fact, or like I'm open to the you're idea.
2: You're open that- to it. It's sort okay. of like... Gotcha. For lack of a better term, I, I got to find something to replace this. But like, if if the if you're if if someone's holding a gun to your head and you got to like decide now.
1: Okay. Oh, I like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Then, no, Thank you for putting that. In the motivation. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, you're
2: an actor. You need a little motivation. <laughs> yeah. We I, always. get it. I know <laughs> yeah. to what to do. All right. You're in a Tell warehouse. Tell me how to feel. Tell me how to you're, feel. You're in a warehouse. They've yanked the black hood off of your head.
1: Oh God, no! They've
2: surrounded you, and now they're. <laughs> <laughs> And now they want to know what you think.
1: Okay, I love this.
2: All right, here we go. This is a game we call Bullshit or Believe It. Steve Berg, on your mark, get set. Ghosts. Believe it. Bigfoot.
1: Believe it. UFOs. Believe it. Vampires. Don't believe bullshit. Werewolves. Bullshit. Is that the same thing as Dogman? No. Uh, are we them as one? Or, mm. No? Okay, I'm going to say Well, I think you're right, I think they are different So, so I'm going to say bullshit to Okay, balls.
2: hold on, Quit. keep stalling I pulled up the wrong list and I don't know why I did this Hold on <laughs> No, no, that's ruined- okay I would this say is the first a, time I've ruined my own game.
3: No, that's okay. The, we'll, we'll fill this space. The I was doing the zombie bigfoot list. The difference between I think a werewolf and dog man is that werewolf starts as a man and turns into a werewolf as the full moon <gasps> at night. And and a dog man, yes. we don't we don't we don't even know if they ever were human. Even though sometimes they are right. reported seeing wearing some type of like clothes or pelt or some whatever they're wearing, we don't know if they were ever. The lore is they were never human. we just know them to be these dog-like canine cryptids.
1: You absolutely, you nailed it. You nailed it. That's exactly what the difference is. And they're you're right, you're right. I mean, they are different deals. All right, I'm one, back one in. One was a man. Batsquatch. I don't know enough. I'll say bullshit.
2: Hairy alien UFO knots.
1: Believe it.
2: The Beast of Galvadon.
1: Believe it.
2: Goatman. Believe it. Momo. Believe it. The Yowie. Believe it. The Jersey Devil. Fuck. Believe it. Mystery Big Cats. Believe it. Sasquatch. Believe it. Bigfoot bodies were recovered after the eruption of Mount St. Helens. Ooh,
1: I want to believe it, but I think bullshit.
2: Bigfoot creatures have penetrated the subterranean infrastructure of Edwards Air Force Base. (laughs) Bullshit. (laughs) You could outsmart a werewolf. Bullshit. Bullshit. Interdimensional Sasquatch. Believe it telepathic sasquatch believe it invisible sasquatch believe it bigfoot looks blurry in every photo because he is blurry bullshit finally in our original timeline the famous bears family last name was spelled berenstain not berenstein
1: a bullshit man Barrenstein. it was berenstein it was, it, okay all right fair enough well done that uh, one is weird though right i mean where are you guys on the
2: Berenstein? I'm a Berenstein since day one because I have a specific memory questioning this being like, as I was learning to read and I looked at the title of the book and I asked my mom, I was like, wait, why are they called the Berenstein Bears but it's spelled this way? And she's like, that's just how they spell their name. Okay. Right.
1: Okay, that's interesting. I bet, I mean, like, that's that's probably what it is. We all called it that, but it was spelled. Yeah, and we couldn't,
2: Read at the time we were did, too young, most of us. Totally,
1: did, did you just you completely just destroyed the Mandela effect for me? Unless yeah. I was
2: in that timeline f- to begin with, and I'm, um, fr- I'm, f- I'm from the alternate time <laughs> Oh man,
3: that's
1: likely. That's likely.
2: Um. Yeah, you think those bodies in Mount St. Helens probably didn't didn't happen, right?
1: I would love that to be true, but it's just I other side from a story. I just don't know how. I mean, yeah, it's a great story. Seems
2: like one of those ninety early nineties internet, like yeah, like you know. message
1: board forums. I yeah. mean, I remember hearing about it. I go, dude, really? This yeah. is good.
2: <laughs> that's some early. That's some like nineties, early nineties coast to coast fodder for me. I think.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's exactly where it probably came from.
2: Dude. Yeah, that is back again. That's when uh, this is. That's an example of when conspiracy theories were fun.
1: Yes, you're totally right.
2: Yeah. All right. Well, it's time for this week's story of High Strangeness. I'm going to pass the uh, proverbial baton over to your other host, Bryce Johnson.
3: Bryce, what do you got for us tonight? Great. Love it. Can't wait. Well, it's happening for UFOs, but can it happen for Bigfoot and his buddies? I'm talking, of course, about Bigfoot disclosure. Yeah, sure. Everyone knows about UFO disclosure, which they call just, well regular old disclosure uh, which we're seeing play out before our very eyes, sort of but what about the idea that the government knows more than they're letting on about our gigantic we walked right into this one yes you did, upright walking furry friends of the forest, Bigfoot prompting us as a society to rally the cry, show us them big feet, come on Mike give me a rally cry, Steve you too
1: come on, on, show us I want to see some big feet. We are Americans, and we deserve the truth. I paid taxes, and I want to know what is going on with all those big feet. There's children walking in that forest.
2: I've been bluff-charged six times on my property, and I've seen purple lights.
1: Well, there you go. Well... Before
3: the bombshell New York Times article Glowing auras in black money The Pentagon's mysterious UFO program Broke in December of 2017 UFOs were still pretty much fringe I mean, if I told you back then That all the major news media outlets And even our own government Would be taking the UFO topic very seriously You probably would have laughed in my face But it happened It's happening But you could hold But... Could that hold true for Bigfoot as well? Perhaps one day on the front page of the New York Times, there will read a headline that says, Walking Giants in Black Money, The Pentagon's Mysterious Bigfoot Program. So let's examine what it would take for Bigfoot to go mainstream like UFOs have recently. So we can finally get us some of that long-awaited, highly anticipated, sweet, sweet Bigfoot disclosure Let's go! The way I see it, one of the first things Bigfoot would need in order for the people to demand Bigfoot disclosure would be some type of large-scale secret government cover-up. A cover-up that the public is well aware of and highly suspicious about. The UFOs have one, and it's a big one. You guessed it, the Roswell incident, where in July of 47, a flying saucer from outer space crashed somewhere in the New Mexican desert, where it was discovered by a rancher and covertly retrieved by the local Army Air Force and taken back to the nearby base. The event was reported to the Roswell Daily Record, which splashed a front page headline that read, RAAF captures flying saucer on ranch in Roswell region. However, that original story was officially retracted by Uncle Sam the next day by explaining to the general public that all those intelligence officers simply made a boo-boo by mistaking the weather balloon for a piloted alien spacecraft. Whoopsies! And with that, a cover-up conspiracy legend was born. What does Bigfoot have? Nothing as good as that, I'll tell you that much. You guys already touched on it. The closest Bigfoot has. I had has. no
2: clue we were going here tonight. You I had did. no idea. You
3: stepped right into it. The closest Bigfoot has <laughs> to a government cover up conspiracy that I can think of is the one about Bigfoot bodies removed after Mount St. Helens eruption in 1980. That's right. The theory goes that after the sudden eruption of Mount St. Helens, one of North America's largest dormant volcanoes, on May 18, 1980, the state of Washington declared a state of emergency and mobilized government and civilian agencies to coordinate efforts in order to respond to the eruption's immediate and long-term impacts. And while at least the human population had an early warning, resulting in only 57 losses of life, The wildlife in the area suffered devastation and loss as well as the over 250 square miles that were obliterated by the volcanic blast and subsequent lava field. Well, while during the cleanup, multiple reports came in from civilians as well as government individuals who claimed to have come across what can only be described as dead Bigfoot bodies, which were subsequently reported to the government authorities and resulted in an immediate covert body recovery and cover-up operation. 70s helicopter flying away from a spewing volcano with a half-dead Bigfoot hanging inside a cargo net? Yes, please! But unlike the crash at Roswell, the evidence was marginal at best, and it certainly didn't capture America's attention like Roswell did. So, What else would Bigfoot need to get some street cred? How about a secret government program? That's right, for Bigfoot to get some serious credibility in the streets, we would have to uncover some type of good evidence for the existence of a secret government program looking into the validity of the Bigfoot phenomenon. In the New York Times article, we learned that $22 million over five years would be allocated to study and investigate the UFO UAP phenomenon at a place called Skinwalker Ranch somewhere in the northeastern desert of Utah. Late Senators Ted Stevens, a Republican from Alaska, and Daniel Inouye, a Democrat from Hawaii, along with Senate Majority Leader Harry Reid from Nevada, approved of secretive UFO study program called tip or the Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program, which was tasked with learning as much as possible about the potential threats that UFOs pose to our national security. And so tip was born. But Bigfoot doesn't have any kind of secretive government study program like that at least that we know of although rumors are abound I even myself have explored some tempting leads on my show Expedition Bigfoot where I spoke with individuals who told me firsthand that there are US intelligence agencies who know about the existence of these creatures and are doing everything in their power to capture and study one in order to exploit it for defense purposes but We don't have any concrete proof of that, nothing even close. Not like we do with the ATIP program, which we know existed, thanks to the hard work of good investigative journalism. The closest we ever came to finding out that the US government had taken an interest in Bigfoot was when in the 1970s the FBI examined some hair samples that were believed to be from an unknown primate, possibly Bigfoot. The hair samples were submitted for analysis by various individuals and organizations interested in cryptozoology. The results of the FBI analysis conducted by the FBI's Hair and Fiber Unit concluded that the hair samples were from known animals, such as bears and other common wildlife, rather than from an unknown primate. So no help there. And come to think of it, you know what else would be a really smart PR move for Bigfoot? Some Bigfoot congressional hearings could really turn the heat up. In July of this year, some truly unbelievable things were said at a congressional hearing on UFOs when retired Major David Grouch, who went from being part of the Pentagon's UAP task force to becoming a whistleblower, told the House Oversight Committee's National Security Subcommittee that he had been denied access to some government UFO programs, but that he knows the, quote, exact locations of UAPs in US possession. He also said that the US recovered non-human, quote, unquote, biologics from the crash site. Non-human biologics from a crash site? Now that's something that grabbed not only headlines across the nation, but everyone's attention as well. I mean, Bigfoot hasn't grabbed a headline like that in a long time, let alone had the House Oversight Committee's National Security Subcommittee's attention. Well, well played UFOs, well played. And finally. For your gym crush not to giggle when you bring up your belief in Bigfoot because the government is finally taking it seriously, Bigfoot would need to have what? Any guesses, gentlemen?
1: Steve? A body? Well, that would be a great start. (laughs) (laughs) That would be good.
3: But you know what he would need first is... A task force. That's right, perhaps more than any other gesture to the American public to say that, yes, we take UFOs seriously was for the Department of Defense to establish a UAP task force, the Unidentified Aerial Phenomena Task Force, a U.S. government effort dedicated to investigating reports of unidentified aerial phenomena, or simply UFOs. The task force was established to better understand and assess The reports which involve sightings of objects in the sky that exhibit flight characteristics or behaviors that cannot be readily explained. And even though the UAP task force's work is primarily focused on assessing potential national security implications of these sightings, and not really specifically focused on the broader question of the origin of extraterrestrial life associated with these crafts, still, it's a damn good start. Unfortunately for Bigfoot, It looks like he's going to have to wait for his cool shoulder patch from the Department of Interior because there is no officially sanctioned government body or group officially looking into Bigfoot. That we know of. So why has it been different for UFOs than it has for Bigfoot? Both have purportedly been around for centuries, if not thousands of years. Both have been reported not only here in America, but all over the world. Both are reported in the hundreds, if not thousands, on a yearly base, basis, and both are seen and experienced by credible individuals as well as trained observers in the military and law enforcement. And both have left behind puzzling and confounding evidence. The similarities are more common than you might think. So, what gives? Well, here's what I think I think. The main reason that UFOs are experiencing a renaissance, so to speak, whereas Bigfoot is still considered by most to be purely fictional or mythological, is because we are in the technological age. We are moved by information at a paralyzing speed. We, as a species, are itching to leave Earth's placenta, and it's the UFO that represents our departure, or birth, to keep the metaphor going. Bigfoot represents our past, a return to nature. And although there are a large number of people and groups who rebuke metropolitan life and technological advances, and who are in fact living in a symbiotic relationship with nature, they're the minority to be sure. The vast majority of our civilization sees nature as something to be conquered, overcome, a place to gain and acquire vast resources. But I think where they both get it wrong is that in order to fulfill mankind's destiny amongst the stars and to explore other galaxies and spread our galactic seeds, so to speak, we're gonna need both technologies. The technology of the future that the UFO seems to hold and its ability to conquer time and space, which appear to be mere hindrances for these craft that can change shape and density and travel back and forth between time and side to side between space but we also need the technology of the past which is the ability to move between worlds as well not time and space like UFOs but between the material world and the spirit world like Bigfoot does to be able to walk between both worlds at ease and commune with nature as well as your ancestors while still living in other words to live in a society where the general consensus is that we are spiritual beings living a material existence. And this is what Bigfoot represents. I'm of the opinion that we need to marry the two as they are both equally important to our ever-evolving species. We, as humans, need to be technologically Advanced and spiritually advanced. This is the alchemical dance that's going to be required in order to achieve our metamorphosis, shed our chrysalis, and take our rightful place amongst the stars. At least, that's what I think. So for now, I'll just keep holding my breath till I get some of that sweet, sweet Bigfoot disclosure. What do you guys think? Will Bigfoot ever get the same kind of mainstream respect UFOs are seeing today?
1: I just first off want to say I thought that was absolutely beautiful, and (laughs) I think you're onto something. I think you might have just. I think. I think. I think you are sniffing around, man. Like (laughs) that is gorgeous. (laughs) Thank you. Truly, I mean, like you know, it was. I was really. That was. That moved me, (laughs) and it made me think. I don't think they will simply because what it seems like Congress and the whole hubbub with, like, the UFO disclosure thing is, like, national security, national security. Now, if there comes a time where Bigfoot is posing a threat on national security, then there's going to be a a clamoring for Bigfoot disclosure. But I think what – a like, just to the spiritual side that you were so eloquently uh, laying down on us, I I think – You know, while we live in a very polarized, you know, country, (laughs) very like split, Bigfoot could be the great uniter because I feel like people on the right they love Bigfoot. People on Mm. the left, I think they like Bigfoot too. (laughs) 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 We're still testing the waters. I think. (laughs) Well, you know, here's the thing. Yeah, I think everyone likes the idea of Bigfoot, right? Like at least, like who? I mean, like if you don't, then like I'm sorry, you're boring. Uh, (laughs) But. It could be this great thing to where like maybe putting like a real deal effort, like a real effort into trying to locate and study the Bigfoot phenomenon is worthy. I mean, like all jokes aside, I think what what would that mean for us? And especially if like if they find you know if they discover a Bigfoot and it is just a flesh and blood kind of missing link animal. Well, that's great. That's huge, man. I think that would be like such a positive thing for, for the world, really. We you know? have a new gorilla. I mean, that's yeah. neat. That's neat. Yeah. I'm sorry. You it know, happened, like, it happens more amazing? often than people in, think. In the- I think just
3: off the coast of Mexico, they discovered a new species of whale recently. So, uh, you know, it, it happens more often than people think. These giant species are still being discovered on planet Earth.
1: Absolutely, man. And if Bigfoot, like, let's say it turns out to be Bigfoot's, like, a high, strange, weird, you know, non-human entity from the astral plane, well, that probably is a better way to understand the UFO phenomenon than actually, like, you know, talking to F-14 pilots who saw some, you know, like, I'm I'm so skeptical of everything that comes out of the military's mouth in terms of that stuff. Like, they have an agenda, but witnesses – you know, they always throw away like, you know, like, uh, you know Joe Buck saw, had like a UFO land in his backyard. I'm almost more interested in Joe Buck's case than uh, someone from the Air Force, to be honest. But I do think, like, let's say they did look into Bigfoot and they noticed some of the weirdness, some of the high, strange aspects. That could be a better tell of what the UFO phenomenon is than the way they're studying it now. Mm. So to be honest, I think it's a worthy cause, my man. I, I think you, you, you convinced me all right
2: steve i literally couldn't say it better myself so <laughs> i'm just gonna hitch my little wagon to to you to yours and say same yeah i mean that's you took the words out of my mouth especially with the like i have a feeling if they start digging into the ufo stuff truly deeply enough they will start studying bigfoot you know but i i do think it's a matter of National security. It's an animal that might be running around in the woods versus, you know, things that are in our airspace. Right. Um, And, you know, unless there's some sort of secret program that other like either Russia or China has to like genetically design like primates to spy on us. You know, you know, they're not really going to pay too much. They're not going to put their resources, you know, into into it. You know, I think they're they're looking at what is flying over and could possibly be observing our our weapons capabilities. And that's why right. UFO stuff gets so much attention and maybe more witnesses too. at the end of the day. There might be just more UFO witnesses out there because than than Bigfoot, you know, because sure. all you got to do is look up to see a UFO. Right.
1: What I would say, and if I may put on a conspiratorial hat, let's suppose there is something to Bigfoot, right? Let's just like, not a doubt in the mind, we all know there's something to Bigfoot. Let's just say that, for example, if that is true, I would be pretty certain that the government or military or, you know, national park system knows, has more data than we we do. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. So if there is something to Bigfoot, you would think there would be more data, actually, you know, like, yeah. in the government. And if, if if there is something to Bigfoot, why would they not be interested in studying that? Mm-hmm. And so, like, the thing is, like, you know, even, like, you know, you mentioned John Tenney earlier. Like, let's say John Tenney told you the best, the most surefire place to experience, like, to a ghost or something paranormal. Well, why would the government not be interested in the paranormal a hundred percent i sort right. of think i th- i think they've been studying this stuff you know for as long as there's been a military and long as long as there's been a government
3: hundred i mean i think
1: spiritualism and all this stuff i think has been taken a lot more seriously than we'll probably ever know
3: mm, mm, well put love it yep maybe maybe
2: find Who out knows? Maybe we'll find out before we die. Steve Berg, it's been a pleasure. What a pleasure. Dude, uh, everyone, uh, go oh. follow High Strangeness right now. H-I Strangeness, like, mm-hmm. hello, Strangeness, High mm-hmm. Strangeness. <laughs> uh, Steve is a great interviewer. He's He really gets great conversations going over there. Um, everyone listening to the show will absolutely love High Strangeness. So just go subscribe to it right now. Oh. Um Anything else you want to plug that, I mean, we're still in the middle of these strikes. Is there anything else you want to
1: direct your, our friends to? (laughs) We can't talk about anything we do for a living anymore. So, uh, (laughs) uh, no, you know, you can follow me on Bergmaster 5,000 on social media and stuff like that. But yeah, no, I I do have a podcast where we talk about really weird things. So, uh, go check it out if you like that kind of stuff. Absolutely. And also, I just want to say, I love your, y'all show so much and, it has been a great honor. I'm super stoked when you guys asked me. So, oh, uh, right thank on, you, man. Thank well, you.
3: Anytime. We'll have you back. Yeah. Oh,
1: cool, man. I'll, I'll laminate Absolutely. the old club we card. You need to get you back and, in uh, here.
3: You got two new listeners for your show right here right now. So, uh, welcome to the club. Hell yeah.
1: <laughs> thank you. Awesome. Thank Thanks, you so Steve. much. Thanks,
3: Well, a big thanks to Steve Berg, and a
2: big thanks to you, the listeners, especially our friends who recently joined us on BCC The Other Side. It's time to thank some Club Scouts who joined our Patreon. It's time to thank our 13 freaky friends. Welcome. Lauren Connor. Thank you, Lauren. Alicia Brady, Cosmeteer. Thank you, Alicia. Miss Bubblegum. Thank you, Miss Bubblegum. TJ Cosmeteer. Thanks, TJ. Erica Wilder. Thank you, Erica. Jonathan Resendez. Thank you, cosmateur. Jonathan. Cosmature. Woo! Uh, Corey J, Thanks, Corey. Seth Kroom. Thank you, Seth. Elise Hawkins. Thank you, Elise. Jathan. Not Nathan. Jathan T. That's a cool name. Thanks, Jathan. I do like Jathan. That sounds like a good Star Wars name.
3: Yeah. Like Jathan, Jathan And I don't know Skywalker. if Elise was Elsie or not. Uh, either way, thank you, uh, Hawkins. We appreciate Oh, you're you. right i think it's elise i think it's elise could be LC. elise is a name it's yeah. spelled E L Y S. yeah no you're probably
2: right you're probably right um jess tesky thanks jess brandon pike
3: thanks brandon and our favorite name of the week big cryptid shoes what up big cryptid shoes thank you guys seriously thank you guys we would not be doing this show without you that's not an understatement or jest that is the real deal uh it's you those Patreons who support yeah. us doing what we love to do, which is entertain you guys with with talks of uh, of large uh, North American wood apes.
2: So thank you. That's right. So head over to patreon.com slash Bigfoot Collectors Club. Unlock total access to three bonus episodes every month. Merch discounts the BCC Discord. The entire backlog of episodes. We have over 240 now. Uh, Upgrade to the Cosmo tier membership and unlock three music tracks from super producer Riley. And let me tell you something. Riley ain't fucking around on these Cosmic tracks lately. (laughs) Uh, He dropped a cover at the end of October that was awesome. Yeah, Uh, for sure. We have like 65, 66 tracks from Mm. him. Oh, my God. A couple full albums. Guys, you're... I we literally are basically giving our our Patreon con- content away as well. On top of this, like there's oh. so much cool stuff for you to check out. So Incredible. head over yeah. there. Uh, as for us, I'm at McMill's on Instagram. Uh, holidays are coming up. Check out our merch store over at store.bigfootcollectorsclub.com. And uh, if you want to send a happy holidays
3: uh, to a fellow club scout, why don't you hit me up on Cameo, baby? Yeah, love it. I'm on those socials as well. If you're on Instagram, you can find me there at Mr. Bryce Johnson. Uh, Twitter or X, as they call it now. I'm there as well at Bryce O johnson i hope you're watching expedition bigfoot on your streamer whether it's discovery plus or max all new season four alaska uh it's popping hope you're watching it uh thanks for the support appreciate you cameo me as well links links in those link tree that michael created on that instagram page check the links in our
2: bios baby uh we're crossing over to the other side right now and if we don't see over there we'll see you back here next wednesday for an a very special Patreon Unlock episode that's never been heard on the main feed. We're taking the week off for the holiday break. But until then, good night. And go get regressed.
3: Great. Great. All right. What a great guest. Bigfoot Collectors Club is executive produced by Michael McMillan, Riley Bray, and Bryce Johnson. Our show is engineered, produced, and scored by Riley Bray. Our theme song, Come Alone, is by Sun Eaters. Follow them on Spotify. Want more BCC? For exclusive full-length episodes every month and total access to the other side, check out patreon.com slash Bigfoot Collectors Club.